Come, Holy Spirit, come by the most powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. One of the things that I think unfortunately kind of characterizes our society today is there's an incredible amount of division. Right? There's Republicans and Democrats and socialists and capitalists and liberals and conservatives and uh, all of these factions and these groups and everything's become polemical. And if somebody doesn't agree with me on every single issue, then I, I can't be a part of them or I can't be associated with them. We see division in the world and, and violence and war and, and injustice. But we also, depending upon how much you might pay attention to some of these things, have to acknowledge that there's a lot of division among Christians. There's a lot of division in the church. And this is not of God. Right? Jesus prayed that his disciples would be one. And this is what St. Paul uh, kind of encourages us and exhorts us in our second reading. He says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be, be united in the same mind and in the same purpose. This is a challenge and a mission for each of us to be instruments of unity, unity in the church and in our families, our community, unity in society. But looking at the church, you know, acknowledging the division that there is among Catholics and Protestants, even within among Catholics, there's, like I said, you know, liberals and conservatives, there's progressives, there's traditionalists, right? We all have our preferences, uh, ways of looking at things, uh, music that we like or how we like mass to be offered or all of these different things that if we allow them to can become occasions of division and as i said this is not of god we're called to be one church we're called to be united but i think we need to examine a little bit what unity looks like and what it doesn't look like in the church St. Paul says that he wants us to be united in the same mind and in the same purpose. Whose mind and whose purpose? Christ's. Not yours and not mine. You see, unity in the church has to revolve around Christ. It can't revolve around us me or you and my opinion and my preference and how I want things to be because there's always going to be disagreement about those things. But our unity has to revolve around Christ, what he proclaimed, what he taught, and what we profess to believe as his disciples around the truth that he said he himself is. And so there's different aspects of our faith, of our life in the church, that we need to distinguish. There are certain aspects of being Christians and being Catholics that are non-negotiable. And it's around these aspects that we must have unity, and without which there cannot be true unity in the church. Right? Jesus taught certain things, 
And those are not up for grabs. Those are not for us to negotiate about. There are certain fundamental, essential truths about the Trinity, about the Incarnation, about the Eucharist and the sacraments, uh, about the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, the Ten Commandments, dogmas about the Blessed Virgin Mary. And there are also moral teachings that the church proclaims about life and about the dignity of every human person, about marriage and the family, about right and wrong, good and evil. And these essential truths of the faith are not negotiable. We have to assent to them to belong to Christ and his church. And it's around those issues that our unity revolves and rests upon. And it's not that these issues are not controversial. Just this last week in Washington, D.C., hundreds of thousands of people marched for life. The anniversary of the the Roe v. Wade decision that legalized abortion in this country. And that's a very divisive topic in our society. But it's not, it should not be divisive in the church. It is, but it shouldn't be. As Catholics, we cannot support abortion. They're completely opposed to each other. There's no negotiation about that. There's no options about that. But there are aspects in the life of the church where there is room for some difference of opinion and preference and and even some disagreements. There are certain uh, political questions, certain moral questions that the church has not definitively defined one way or another. So there's some room for for difference of opinion. Some of them are prudential questions. Uh, We all have, you know, theological approaches to how we think about certain things. Or, as I mentioned, we all have our liturgical preferences and opinions about music and incense and how we want things done. And it's okay for us to have some difference of opinion about those non-essential aspects of the Christian faith. And we have to allow for some diversity of opinion in order to have true unity. Because the mistake that we make, we fall into what could be called kind of factionalism. Is that I take my opinions and my preferences about things that are not absolutely defined And I turn them into dogmas. And I make my opinions and my preferences infallible. And anybody who disagrees with me, well, they're in a different group. And we divide ourselves based upon our preferences and our opinions. And my friends, this comes from pride. Because my preferences and opinions and yours are not infallible. We are not Christ. And our faith does not revolve around us. It revolves around him. So we need to avoid this. We need to have humility. That it's okay if people disagree with me. I can still love them. I can still be united with them in Christ. We have to be in agreement about those essential truths. But there are other areas where there's room for difference of opinion. And I have to respect the preferences of other people when the church allows them right, to have a different perspective than I do and to not turn uh, my approach into a dogma that everybody else has to assent to.
because we're called to be united around Christ, not around ourselves, and to proclaim the gospel, the good news, that God's kingdom has come among us, that we're all loved by our Heavenly Father, that we're all brothers and sisters, and we're called to be united in that love of God and that love for one another. We're called to be united in the truth of Christ. This is a challenge and a mission for each one of us to be instruments of unity, but that unity can only truly come about when it's not about us, it's not about me, but when it's about Christ.